man has convictions, people think he has a bad spirit. And I, I know the difference between a good spirit and a bad spirit. I've run into both. But I'm telling you, somebody that really believes something, they get passionate about it. Hallelujah. And you know, I found that if you, if you have a, if you love truth, and, and you're open to God talking to you through preaching, if somebody preaches their convictions with passion, it doesn't feel like a bad spirit. It only feels like a bad spirit if you, you, you just don't like what they're saying. Hallelujah. I've got confidence in this man. And I do want his spirit to rub off on me and this church. I do. I do. I want his message to touch us. And the rest of you folks can get in on it. Praise the Lord. We want it to come. And I want him to take his liberty and feel no pressure of time tonight. Praise the Lord. This is 25 years. We'll never have another one here. And when you do your 25 years, if you haven't already, you can do it any way you want. Praise the Lord. This is the way we're doing it. Hallelujah. Brother White, I want you to come just preach your heart to us tonight. God bless you. Amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. We love you, Master. We love you, Savior. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Oh, God. We love you. We love you, Lord. Amen. Some people say that in a strong holiness church, there's not a whole lot of love, not a whole lot of mercy, not a whole lot of forgiveness. But for the fact that 30 years ago, Brother Davies was my youth leader, and he probably never dreamed that one of those little idiots it wouldn't pay a bit of attention, would one day be preaching at his 25th anniversary. Shows me he's got a lot of love, a lot of mercy, a lot of compassion, real, real long-suffering. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. What a moving, moving presentation here tonight. Hallelujah. Do you love truth? Oh, hallelujah. For all generations, statesmen in our country said the price of freedom will always be eternal vigilance. The price of this truth will always be eternal vigilance. All of us and our parts Amen. Got to stand for this beautiful truth. I'm reading to you from Judges chapter number 12. If you will turn there with me. Thank you, brother and sister Davies, for all of your kindness to us. Lovely room and a basket of goodies that's 
about to get me sick trying to get to the bottom of it. Nobody's holding a gun to my head, but boy, is it fun. I've found more chocolate-covered things in that basket than I've ever dreamed they made. And, uh, oh, it's good. Thank you for your kindness and your warm hospitality. Judges, chapter number 11. And I am going to begin reading there, if you will follow with me, the 12th chapter of the book of Judges. Beginning at verse number 6, the Bible said, Then Jephthah, or verse number 4, excuse me, Then Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim. I want you to notice the three primary groups of people we're going to focus upon here. Amen. Two of them, one man representing them. His name was Jephthah, and he represented the Gileadites. And then there were the Ephraimites. Said, And Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead, fought with Ephraim, the men of Gilead smote Ephraim because they said, Ye Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim, among the Ephraimites and among the Manassites. And the Gileadites took the passages of Jordan before the Ephraimites. And it was so that when those Ephraimites, which were escaped, said, let me go over, that the men of Gilead said unto them, Art thou an Ephraimite? If he said nay, then said they unto him, Say now, Shibboleth. And he said, Sibboleth. For he could not frame to pronounce it right. Then they took him and slew him, at the passages of Jordan. And there fell at that time of the Ephraimites forty and two thousand. I'm preaching tonight on the subject defending the passages of Jordan. Hallelujah. There is a promised land on the other side of Jordan. <laughs> There's something worth fighting for. There's something worth defending. There's something that blood, sweat, and tears that's already in the grave has paid a tremendous price for. Hallelujah. Let's lift our voice and thank God together. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I love you. I praise you. I worship you. I magnify and glorify you now upon this congregation, God, for the years that they've stood Oh, God, when they've stood all alone for the years that they've stood for truth, God, stood for righteousness, for the good saints of God, I'm praying, Lord, would you bless them tonight, God? Would you somehow galvanize a heart around that blood-stained banner one more time, God? Hallelujah, anchored and rooted the beautiful truths that you have given to us, oh God, 
Hallelujah. Let us to know it's worth fighting for, God, for your glory and your honor. We appreciate it, Savior. Thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And you may be seated. There are those that will tell us that truth does not need defending. I am certainly quick to agree with what I believe they're trying to say when they say that. However, the Apostle Paul was not ashamed to make the statement when he said, I am set for the defense of the gospel. Though he knew that truth would stand on its own two feet, that apostle wanted everybody to know whose side he was on. He wanted, whether it be the king at Rome or whether it be the peasant in the street, he wanted everybody to know that he was on the side of the truth. Amen. Standing for that. Our story, characters of our Bible story tonight, is centered around a particular man by the name of Jephthah. Jephthah, if you will read his background, he was certainly an unlikely suspect for the Almighty God to use for the instrument in God's hand for tremendous victory as the Lord had foreordained his life. He was abandoned by his harlot mom, thrown out by his half-brothers, and then he spent his time in bad company of vain men, the Bible tells us. But the day and the time and the right set of circumstances came that uh, he was chosen by God for a mission, for a work that needed to be accomplished. And Jephthah, of course, felt like he was not worthy. Thank God for humble men. Thank God for men that don't allow their pedigree to swell them up in pride or in arrogance. Thank God for men that understand that if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Hallelujah. And Jephthah had a uh, perspective of himself uh, that was not exactly how God needed it to be. And the Bible tells us that he listened unto the perspective of the elders that approached him that day. When the picture came up upon the screen as we were watching a few moments ago, and I saw that familiar face of Elder Clyde J. Haney, my eyes began to water as I remembered the occasion that he called me into his office and looked across the desk at me and saw a smart aleck punk of a kid that didn't deserve anybody to spend any time, amen, or put any hope or any faith or any confidence that he could ever do anything for God. That elder looked at me that day and he said, Philip, I brought you in to talk to you. And I said, sure, what is it? I respected him and was not in any way going to be smart aleck toward it. He said, Philip, do you know that uh, every teacher in this Christian school that we have wants me to kick you out of school? I was back in the days where 
we thought Christian schools were reform schools. I hope we've gotten past that nowadays. Mom and Dad sent me over there hoping that some way it could help out this mess up of a kid that they had. He said, every one of the staff, Philip, wants me to kick you out of this school and send you packet. I said, well, I can't say that I blame him, Brother Haney. And he looked at me real serious. He said, but you know what? I don't care what they all say. I am not going to do it. I said, you're, you're not? No, sir. He said, I'm not going to do it. Why aren't you, Brother Haney? He said, because Philip, he said, I see something in you that you don't even see in yourself. He said, I see a boy that if you can ever get your energy turned around the right way, uh, he said, you can give the devil fits instead of us. Ooh, hallelujah. I, I can't tell you, Brother Davies, what happened to me at that moment. There ain't any amount of pain inflicted on me that could have brought tears to my eyes. But I sat there trembling and shaking and crying and said, thank you. Thank you. Jephthah was in a similar set of circumstances. Jephthah didn't have a whole lot of believing in himself or letting anybody else to believe in him at all. But the Bible tells us that when he was called and the elder said, that your help is needed, Jephthah. We'd like for you to be a captain over us. Uh, you're a mighty man of valor, and we are faced with fighting against the Ammonites. They have come against us, and they are doing their very best to destroy us. Uh, and the Bible said that with a step of faith uh, and courage in his heart, uh, that Jephthah said, I know where to start, uh, and that is, got to get a prayer life for myself. Uh, the Bible said in verse number 11 uh, that he uttered all of his words before the Lord in Mizpah. You know why it was in Mizpah? Because that was his hometown. Uh, that was his home church. Uh, amen. If you're going to learn to pray, uh, it's got to start at your home church. Uh, you're going to learn to worship, uh, it's got to start at your home church. Uh, you're going to learn to be faithful uh, and live right. Uh, it's got to start at your home church. Uh, don't get the idea you're going to move off somewhere and turn a new leaf over in your life uh, and suddenly going to be the spiritual giant uh, that you want to be. Oh, hallelujah. You may be seated. You're going to have to do it in your home church. When it got done, establishing his prayer life, he went out and had a head-on conversation with them old Ammonites. 
He said, now, you guys have come to fight against us. But he said, I want to give you a little history lesson about yourselves that you might not know. You see, the Ammonites were the offspring of drunken Lot and his conniving daughters. The Ammonites were those that never would pay the price because Daddy never paid the price for them to see. The Ammonites were of that seed and of that offspring that when God's true children came in to possess the promised land that was there, the Scripture said that the Ammonites uh, chose Chemosh uh, over the Almighty God. Uh, and Jephthah said, let me tell you, we weren't picking a fight with you. Uh, we were not trying to create problems. Uh, we were only doing our best uh, to be obedient unto God. Uh, and when we passed through your land, uh, we chose the king's highway. Uh, you wouldn't work with it, uh, but we knew we better not take a side road. Uh, we knew we better do it God's way. Uh, we knew we better stay on the straight and narrow pathway. Uh, and we chose uh, that pathway. And if you got a beef with us today, Jephthah said, you're just going to have to bring it on because we ain't changing to go your way for nothing in the world. The Bible said in verse 29 that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you something, friend. The anointing is what destroys the yoke. The reason why we are here celebrating 25 years of victory <laughs> is not because Brother Bill Davies looked on the map one day and decided that's a pretty city. It's in the middle of wine country and oh my, 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 must be fertile ground around there, amen, for them to plant all them vineyards and do it. We ain't going to drink none of that junk, but... but just the fact that it's there, and it must be a nice place to go. I got news for you, friend. Uh, hey, man, what made all the difference in the world uh, is that an altar of consecration, uh, one day in his prayer, uh, the anointing uh, for that city came upon uh, the man of God uh, that we're here celebrating with. Uh, and, brother, when God's anointing comes, uh, you better look out. Satan, uh, look out. Uh, the glory of the Lord uh, came down upon him. Uh, and he said, I am going uh, to fight against them Ammonites uh, and establish the fact uh, that God is on our side. Uh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people uh, that think you can't build a holiness church uh, in this age and uh, this generation. Uh, but there's living proof. Uh, upon this platform uh, that victory uh, over the Ammonites uh, is possible through the power of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 You see the problem. The problem with them Ammonites was the same problem that Daddy had. 
Not all men have the backbone of Abraham. Some men are like Lot. And when children see Daddy backing up, they don't have any, any example to follow after. All they know is that backing up must be okay. Because I love Daddy. I admire Him. I respect Him. Amen. And so it must be alright. Amen. You tell me how many preachers you know today that haven't backed up on anything that they once stood for. And I'll show you how many Abrahams there are and how many lots there still are alive among us today. Hallelujah. He got out there with the power of God upon him. And he demolished, Jephthah demolished the Ammonites. It was not a struggle, not a problem at all, a tremendous victory. But on his way home from the victory, the Bible said that the Ephraimites started fussing with him. The Ephraimites, the Bible said, they came and started throwing a fit over what he was doing and the fact that he wasn't including them. The Ephraimites were the heroes of the woulda, shoulda, coulda sort of people. They were the guys that pulled the same trick on Gideon. <laughs> They always managed to show up after the battle was over. They always managed to throw their weight of support in when there wasn't really anything jeopardizing their health or well-being at the moment. I shouldn't tell this, but I had... A minister talking to me, a man, not too long ago, and he said, Brother White, he said, I, I want to tell you something. He said, I really do miss you at our meetings that we have here in the area of the ministers. I said, oh, really? He said, you know, if you don't show up, he said, there ain't anybody to speak up for righteousness. He said, and I believe it just like you believe it. I said, why'd you wait till now to tell me? I, I, well, he said, uh, <clears throat> he said, uh, you just was doing such a good job yourself. I couldn't have said it any better than how you could say it. He said so. I just figured I'd let you keep on saying it. I said, guess what? It's your turn to say it now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I ain't got a bad spirit tonight. I'm smiling, even laughing well, I'm talking to you about it. Well, he said, you know, we just need your voice. I said, yeah. You, you really feel that strong about it? 
Yeah, I do. I said, if you did, why couldn't you have ever even come to me in private and told me that you believed it that same way? Oh, he said, I, I never thought of that at all. Them Ephraimites, they're the woulda, coulda, shoulda folks. We'd have fought with you, biggin, if you had just led us to know. Man, we'd have been out there shoulder to shoulder, buddy. Because we hate them devils as bad as you hate them. We hate them Ammonite compromising. One God liberals as bad as you hate them. Amen. If you would have just told us, buddy, we'd have been front and center on the battlefield with you. Amen. 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 So, Ephraim said, but since you didn't involve us, you know what we're going to do? The Bible said they hurled untrue accusations against those who stood up and fought. Read it for yourself, my friend. Verse 4, he said, ye Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim and Manasseh. You Gileadites, get the... You're a bunch of rebel rousers. You're a bunch of troublemakers. You're the problem kids of the whole family tree. Boy, the story sure changed. The fellas that, that were just saying we would have fought with you are now hurling uh, untrue accusations uh, against them. Uh, let me tell you, the truth of the matter is, uh, if you will study the tribes out that we're talking about, uh, amen, those Gileadites uh, were not of the tribe of Ephraim. Uh, they were the firstborn uh, of the firstborn uh, of Manasseh. They were not fugitives. Uh, they were commended by God uh, as being men of war. Uh, I'm here to tell you, friend, uh, we are not the renegade uh, apostolics. Uh, we are the firstborn uh, of the firstborn. Uh, we are the original uh, born of God uh, to stand for this truth uh, and fight for this gospel uh, that we love. Woo. <laughs> oh, man. I better pull out this watch I asked Brother Morton to get from me. Can you imagine? I wish you could see this Mickey Mouse operation of a watch that Brother Vaughn Morton has here. I can't even hardly read the thing. You see them Gileadites said, don't you dare identify us with the Ephraimites. The Ephraimites were not the firstborn, but the Ephraimites were the ones that lost their valued position with God because they wouldn't stand for truth. You read the book of Hosea. 
And you will find the indictments against the Ephraimites. Said Ephraim has mixed himself among the people. Strangers have devoured Ephraim's strength. The old Ephraim thought he could mix and mingle with the world that was around him and still maintain his identity to truth, his identity to his heritage and the roots that God had given to him. Oh, read what it said about Ephraim. It said it got so bad that Ephraim had joined herself to idols. God said, that's enough. When she's joined herself to idols, you leave her alone. Said Ephraim. So messed up, it's like a backsliding heifer. Now, I, you can tell I wasn't raised on the farm. But one day, I put a rope around one of them heifers and decided that I was going to take her to the barn. I was just a little boy. I was having fun visiting my relatives back in Oklahoma. In case you wondered where I got this accent from. And I thought, ain't no problem. I'll put a rope around that heifer and I'll just lead her right on into the barn. Huh. Fat chance doing that. I got a hold of that rope and started trying to lead that heifer. And that heifer started backing up on me. I'd been eating my Cheerios, and I got a tighter grip on the rope. And I said, uh-uh, you ain't backing up on me. I'm going to take you where you need to go, whether you want to go or not. You guessed it. First, it was skid marks uh -huh, of my shoes. As she was dragging me her direction, then it was skid marks on the back of the seat of my pants uh, as she was dragging me farther and farther and farther her way. He said, Ephraim is not a backslidden heifer. She's in the process of backsliding. Don't anybody get worried. Standing on my own two feet up here, preacher. She's in the process of backsliding. And do you know when a heifer is in the process of backsliding? You have one of two choices to make. You either loosen your grip on the rope or you're going with her.
You either loosen your grip on the rope. She's bigger than you are. She's going to take you along with her. Amen. Where she wants to go, not where you want to go. Oh, if you got a pastor, amen, that's got a backbone like a saw log and a made-up mind. That said there ain't nobody, there ain't no other church, there ain't anybody anywhere that's going to take me the wrong direction. I'm going to stand for truth. I'm going to stand for righteousness. I'm going to stand for the doctrine. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The Ephraimites were obviously jealous of the Gileadites' favored position with God. Jephthah was chosen as the second judge in a row from the Gileadites. And none of God's chosen judges came from the Ephraimites. This last day church that we're living in, there's two roads to choose. Just like it's always been. And all I can say about it is the house of David waxed stronger and stronger. But the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. All I can say is check it out and find what churches have got the Shekinah glory of God upon them. Check it out and see what ministries uh, have got an anointing from God uh, that's so thick you can feel it uh, and cut it with a knife. Uh, Check it out, my friend. Uh, It's not an Ephraimite uh, that's compromising. Uh, It's a Gileadite uh, that's standing uh, as a firstborn, uh, standing for truth, uh, standing for right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Be seated. The problem was, as we saw depicted here tonight, when they saw that out of the Ephraimites, their dads, their moms, their aunts, their uncles, the kids learned to lie about their identity. The Bible said that the Gileadites met the Ephraimites down at the passages of Jordan. You mark it down. It's at the passages of Jordan that the litmus test will always take place. It's at the passages of Jordan that the Gileadites met the Ephraimites. And they asked them one by one as they approached the river, Are you an Ephraimite? And because Daddy had been so good at disguising his identity, the son didn't mind lying about his either. He said, No, oh no, oh, oh, oh no. I'm not one of them. Oh. Oh, 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 no, no, no. No, 
not one of them at all. You know, there are some folks in the year 2000 that think that the rest of everybody must be blind as a bat and not able to see the evidences of the intimacy that they're having with the trinities. Not able to see the evidences of how they're hopping in bed. Amen. With liberal oneness Pentecostalism. Amen. <laughs> they must think you're blind, brother. They, they got everybody faked out. The only one faked out is themselves. Can't see what's going on. Uh -huh. Second largest congregation in the city of Los Angeles is a oneness church. Uh-huh. You, you might not know that. Some, some of you need to study, amen, a little bit to learn that there are other organizations and other peoples, uh, amen, long before we got here that never did let go of their beliefs in the oneness of God, but started letting go on standards and holiness and separation and righteousness long ago. One of them numbers 8,000 in the city where I live. Uh -huh. 8,000 strong. If the crowd's all you want, go get them. <laughs> well, amen. I got a man in my church that was baptized in that church years ago. They still baptize in Jesus' name. But the pastor was taking heat the other day because some of the old timers were saying enough's enough you're now allowing homosexuals to sing in the choir uh, keep on traveling downward brother one step at a time will get you farther than you ever dreamed you were going to go I think you just can't you just can't smell the coffee kind of like the story I heard of the mama at Knew her son was away to college. She decided that she's going to drop in on a surprise visit on him. See just under what conditions he was living and what was going on. Knocked on the door and son met him there. And she looked around and saw that there was another young lady that was living in the house also. He wasn't married. Son introduced this young lady to his mother. She was about his age. She was pretty good looking. Introduced her to his mother as the maid. She's the maid, Mama. Said, uh, Mom kind of raised an eyebrow and looked like only mamas can look. <laughs> Said, oh yeah, tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. Say, oh, really, 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 Mom, and I can prove it. She's the maid, and there really is separation between us, uh, even though it doesn't look like it. I can even show you there's separate maids' quarters that are separate from the main house that's here, and that's where she lives. She's the maid. 
she does the cook. I'm so busy at university. I don't have time to do any cooking. I don't have time to take care of business. So she's the maid. And money's never been a problem for our family. So I've got her hired out as the maid there. Mom left and went back to her city and received a letter from her son one day that said, Dear Mom, I'm not saying that you took the gravy ladle from out of our kitchen when you were here. And I'm not saying that you did not take the gravy ladle from out of our kitchen when you were here. But I am saying that since you left here, the maid has never been able to find the gravy ladle. So if you have any knowledge of it, Mom, would you please notify us as to where it's at? Mom fired back a letter and said, Dear son, I'm not saying that she is your girlfriend. And I'm not saying that she is not your girlfriend. But I am saying that if the maid had been sleeping in her own bed, she would know where the gravy ladle has been all along. Pretty smart mama, huh? You think you've got a dumb church or what? It's pretty obvious to see who's in bed with who. It's pretty obvious to see who's playing footsies with those that don't love this message. It's pretty obvious to see those that won't embrace this doctrine and hang on to it with everything in their heart. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! There's evidences of that intimacy that a whole lot of oneness Pentecostalism is playing with the charismatics. Ample evidence. You can see it everywhere. You can feel that same spirit when you're with them, when you're around them. You see it all over their young people. It's in the level of their conversation. It's in everything that they talk about. My oldest son was only nine years old. Man, I'm getting off on all kinds of side roads here tonight. Only nine years old, and he went with me on a trip to preach a youth camp back in one of those other 48 states that we heard talked about. And uh, picked up from the airport. In the van were, quote-unquote, officials. The level of that conversation was so pitiful and so whirly and so carnal, and so much conversation about going to professional ball games, doing whatever they wanted to do, 
that my talkative boy that you can't normally get to shut up had his breath taken away, I guess. He drove all the way to the campground. When we drove up, rounded the corner, and there was the big sign that identified the organization and the campground that was there. PJ piped up, said, Dad, is this where we're going to preach this week? And I said, yeah, it is, son. He said, whoo, there for a minute. I thought you was going to preach for another denomination. Out of the mouth of babes. Out of the mouth of babes. Is your Lord and your Master. But the biggest problem ended up that they got hung by their own tongue. At the passages of Jordan, the Gileadites said, it's time to put up or shut up. Are you an Ephraimite? Uh-huh. Are you one of those compromising imposters that claims to be the firstborn? Or are you a part of this tribe of the firstborn? Said, how are we going to figure that out? Jephthah said, very simple. Just ask them to say, Shibboleth. That's all you got to do. Just, just ask. Don't, don't give them a nervous breakdown by asking them, do you believe the no-light doctrine or not. They'll have a nervous breakdown trying to figure out how in the world they can answer that and still claim to believe Acts 2.38. Woo! Hallelujah. I still grinning like a possum, aren't I? Ah, uh, yeah. Nothing wrong with my spirit, brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Said we'll find out the moment of truth. Their words will betray them. Ask them. Repeat after me, please. <laughs> Ooh, it's not what they sign or do or otherwise pretend. Ask them to say shibboleth. The Bible said one by one as they came to them passages of Jordan. said, are you an Ephraimite? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, fine then. Say shibboleth. I've always had a problem getting them H's out. I, 
be patient. I'll, I'll get it out in just a minute. You need a cup of water for a minute? It's all right. Don't hyperventilate while you're trying to get it out just right. The Bible said, as hard as they tried, they couldn't frame the Word. No, uh, did you misunderstand? I said to say, Shibboleth. Shh, 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 shh. Like you've been trying to tell us all along. Quit trying any day. You're a bald-faced liar. You're a stinking hypocrite. You are an Ephraimite, whether you'll admit it or not. <laughs> Amen. Your speech betrays you. You can't get it out right. Amen. Come over here. God has marked you for destruction. God has marked you. Amen. You're not going to make it across the River Jordan. Oh, my friend, we are standing at the passages of Jordan. And there are those that said we're all saying the same thing. It's just a matter of semantics. Why are you all hung up on your doctrinal beliefs? It's because we're Gileadites. Amen. We're not fugitives. We're the firstborn. And we know what it takes to be saved. Hallelujah. 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 At the passages of Jordan, it's still the make or break point to figure out if you believe that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. At the passage of Jordan, it's time for you to put up or shut up that except ye believe that I am He, ye shall die in your sin. At the passage of Jordan, it's time to determine if one God is right, then no other way is right. No other plan is right. It's at the passages of Jordan that it's I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. It's at the passages of Jordan that the sheep and the goats have always been separated. The baptism of the Holy Ghost and what it takes to receive it has always been determined at the passages of Jordan. 
I'm sorry, friend. Amen. But it still takes repentance of your sins before a holy God is going to fill you with His Holy Spirit. It still takes cleaning out your heart, uh, giving up your sin, uh, turning your back on ungodliness. Uh, It still takes walking away from impurity. Uh, It still takes purging your mind uh, and purging your heart. It's at the passages of Jordan that we learn and find out if water baptism can be done, as some say, either with Matthew's formula or with the formula they used in the book of Acts. Is it the passages of Jordan that the tongue-tied compromises? Bit and sputter like an outboard motor. When asked by the ministerial alliance of the city, if you can fellowship with our doctrine or not, if you'll join us for the Easter sunrise service. If you'll bring your good people. Uh We want to have a community choir. We want to make sure that everybody in the city knows and loves the same Jesus that we all love. The passages of Jordan say, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's at the passages of Jordan that it's determined if Jesus' name baptism is the only way to be born again or not. At the passages of Jordan... The Ephraimites are revealed for what they really are. How many of you here tonight stand with me? How many of you here tonight have a made up mind in your heart that said until Jesus came, the same doctrine that Earl Toole fought for That Winfred Toole fought for. That Clyde Haney fought for. Devil, you're going to find me with a sword strapped on. Standing shoulder to shoulder at the passages of Jordan. With them great men that have been in the grave. I'm going to take up the gap and I'm going to stand and defend the passages of Jordan.
I'm going to stand for it. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to embrace it. Oh, God. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost moving. I want to do something a little different tonight, if it's okay with you. I'd like to invite all the elder ministers that are 70 years of age or older to come and stand right over here on this side. Elder minister, if you're in the building 70 years of age or older, Come and stand right over here on this side. We're going to ask you come and stand. God bless you, Brother Dugas. Is there another one? Seventy years of age or older. How about sixty years of age or older? Come and stand right here beside Brother Dugas. Stay right on that side, Brother Dugas. Over there. I want you to lead a little victory march here in just a minute. Sixty years of age and older. Sixty years of age and older. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Johnny come lately are not this man's heroes. These are the men that are my heroes. These are the men right here. About 50 years of age or older. Come and gather up behind these men over here. 50 years of age or older. Oh, hallelujah. Gather in a line, just a line around them. Oh, hallelujah. Together in a line. Hallelujah. Could we sing that old chorus we sang earlier? Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. As these men, as these men, if you could just lead the way in a little victory march that direction around this congregation here couple of times just marching all of us as the congregation are going to be standing in our hearts saluting men of righteousness that have fought to defend the passages of joy and handed to you and I the beauties that we enjoy today Sing it, men. Would you mind marching around? Glory, glory. Thank you, elders. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, sing glory, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at him, teenager. Look at him, young man. Look at him, young lady. Glory, glory, hallelujah. 
what you and I have today. They fought for this truth and defended it. what you stand for but you defend it for you and me they defend it for you and I the passages of Jordan what truth could march on yes sing it glory thank you elders I wonder how many of the congregation would like to come up around this front and say I'm committing myself I'm committing myself to defend the passages of Jordan. I am committing myself to defend what my elders fought for. To defend all God. I am the firstborn. I am the firstborn. I'm not. I'm not. To destroy, to destroy God's truth. Come on, come on, come on. Get it in your heart, young men. Get it in your heart, young ladies. Get it in your heart. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation. That's it. That's it. I'm going to defend it. I'm going to defend it. I'm going to fight for it. Now there's blood in my boots. I'm not an Ephraimite. I am the firstborn of this apostolic message. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll die for it. I'll fight for it. Get it in your heart. Get it in your heart. Hallelujah. It's true. Come on. Pray for our young people. Come on, mamas and daddies. Gather around these young people. Lay your hands on them for a moment. Lay your hands on them. Lay it. Lay your hand on the shoulder. Put your mantle upon them. Put your mantle upon them. God, yes. God, yes. God, yes. God, yes. God, 
heart, young lady. Get it in your heart, teenager. There is no other God but one. There is no other name but Jesus. There is no other plan of salvation. Get it. Get it. Get it in your heart. 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 Come on, son. Come on, daughter. We gotta give it to you. You're gonna have to fight for it. Come on, Jephthah. Come on, Jephthah. Come on, Jephthah. Stand up and fight. Stand up and fight. Thank you for truth. Thank you for truth. 
I want to buy the truth and never sell it. It's not for sale. I'm not for sale. Hallelujah. We're not for sale. This is too precious, too valuable. You can't put a price tag on what we have. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, I want it to march on in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's by preaching that we we get some things in our mind that we got to get in our minds. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because if we don't have some Lines drawn. The climate we're living in just says there's some things that they're, they're not worth fighting for. Don't make a big deal out of it. Uh, uh, don't 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 press for for uh, holiness matters. We we're just trying to we're just trying to work on the major deals. I'm telling you, pretty soon the major deals uh, are up for grabs too. Hallelujah. There's a church right in this town that uh, had an obituary a couple of years ago in the paper, and it talked about this couple that got killed in a car wreck out here in Highway 18, going to the coast, and and uh, said they were members in good standing in the church. Blah 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 blah. They and they were uh, uh, there was something in there that let you know that that uh, it didn't say it this way, but they weren't married. And they had they had been companions for a long time, and uh, blah blah blah. I'm telling you, we when you start giving in on the little things, it's just a matter of time before you give in on the big things, because it's all related. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We don't have any right to change change it. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Appreciate this good preaching. Brother Clyde Haney said on the little portion of recording we had of his message, he said, he said, going to be straight preaching until Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he was here, I, I wouldn't ever want to let him down. Praise the Lord. And I believe that we've got something to carry on. It's been handed to us. We've got to love it. I want to get it in our young people. I want to get it in our young couples. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, sometimes... I just want to say something. That sometimes there's situation. You know, we're, a, we're kind of a fellowship. Sometimes it's pretty loose-knit. And I'm not talking about organization. I'm talking about one God apostolics. That, and uh, But sometimes we're... Sometimes there's... Uh, marriage and different things that can connect us one church to another church and so on you know what I think what we need to do is first of all you shouldn't marry somebody that goes to another church if they don't believe truth and holiness and separation they ought to be off limits in the first place but if their standard is higher there's some things that are a little straighter, a little more careful maybe than where you came from. I'm telling you, 
whether it's in McMinnville or anywhere else, you need to say, well, I used to go to church here, but now I'm here. I'm living here. I'm not going to hold on to what I used to, what they used to allow. Hallelujah. Now, some, some, you know, because what can happen is we can, in this, this business, we don't, we, we got to cross some of these lines. There's not enough boys or girls in one church to all marry and stay in that one church. I don't know that it'd be good if there was. But I'm telling you something. When you get in a good holiness church, you ought to say, thank God for the safety. I'm not going to drag my feet. I'm not going to brace that creature. I'm not going to, I'm not going to contend for, for, for what I was allowed to do. Hallelujah. That man set that standard because he really believes that standard. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just felt like saying that. Praise the Lord. Appreciate this preaching tonight. Hallelujah. I believe God's talked to us. And uh, I want preachers to feel like that they can really preach and just say what they want to say at a meeting like this. Praise the Lord. I want to say that I have the utmost respect for Brother White, and uh, a lot of people misunderstand him. Hallelujah. It's kind of like Brother Morton. Somebody said one time, there's two kinds of people that have an opinion about Brother Morton. There's people that like him, and then there's people that don't know him. Huh? Praise the Lord. Praise God. And uh, I feel that way about all these fellows. I, when you, the more you get to know them, you realize their prayer life, their consecration, their dedication. Praise the Lord. Some of these men, we've got men among us that are standing for something. And I'm not just belaboring this, but I felt this earlier. Uh, I believe, I believe that God, now don't fall out with me, but I believe that God anoints them with a, with the spirit of the prophet sometimes. I really do. And I, I'm telling you, if we were living back in the Bible days and the prophet came out and, and uh, uh, said some hard things, there'd be a lot of people who'd be down on that man and say, we don't want his influence around here. But I'm telling you, it's the influence of a prophet that could turn a nation around when hard things would be said. I'm, I'm convinced that pro- we probably don't say it near hard enough, brother. I'm telling you, we probably don't say it near hard enough. If, if, if we knew what God thought about a lot of the stuff that's, that's going on. Hallelujah. You better thank God you go to a church that preaches it straight. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, some of the, some of the most compassionate, long-suffering men I know uh, are men that hold a very high standard. Some of these men that are here tonight, I've seen them weep and cry and pray over wayward saints and give them extra space and put up with things trying to save their soul. Hallelujah. The difference is is where we want to take them. Hallelujah. Thank God for good preaching and good preachers. Now, uh, we're going to dismiss you and uh, we're going to pray. The youth have a banquet. The ministers and their wives, the children of the ministers, 11 and under back here. And uh, let's just pray. Thank God for this occasion. And uh, pray that the Lord will bless our fellowship afterward. Jesus, we thank you for your good word. Thank you, Lord, for the good spirit of the Lord we feel here tonight. 
Hallelujah. Go with each one. Meet with us tomorrow morning as we gather together, Lord, to hear the word of truth preached once again. Bless, Lord Jesus, as the ministers and their wives and the young people gather, Lord Jesus, for this time of fellowship. Bless their refreshments and their time in Jesus' name. Bless everyone tonight. In your name we pray, amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Turn and shake somebody's hand. Greet them in Jesus' name.